Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, good morning, Calvary. Hey, so good to see you today here in Auditorium One. Wanna welcome those of you that are joining us in Auditorium Two, or maybe you're with us today by way of the internet, or you're watching on YouTube. Maybe you are joining us by television or the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. So glad that you are with us today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter six is where we'll be in just a few moments. Matthew chapter six today. While you're turning there, Leah already mentioned that we are going to be uh, coming together on Wednesday nights and for the next four. So that'll be the 11th, the 18th, the 25th, and then February 1st, we're gonna be walking through what we're calling Made for More, and we're gonna be looking at some of the material that we would typically cover in our Calvary 101 or in our membership classes and looking at those things. And I've had some people say, well, well, should I come out for these times together? They're not really gonna be services. It's not like sitting in a college lecture. It's gonna be kind of interactive. We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna learn together. What, what we're gonna talk about is who we are as a church, where we're going, what we believe, and how we believe God wants us to live. And so we're gonna be looking at those things. So you might say, well, should I come out? Kind of three categories to consider. The first is if you're new to Calvary, then it would be great for you to come out on these Wednesday nights, these next four weeks. Seven o'clock, we'll be in this room. If you're new to Calvary, great introduction on those things and you can learn more about us as a church. Second, if you're seeking membership here at Calvary, maybe you've been attending for a while and you say, hey, this is my church. I wanna become invested as a member in what God's doing here. We'll take more about what that means when we, when we come together in those services, but it'd be great for you to be here and be a part of that. Some of you might go, well, I, I wanna go through the membership process, but I can only make two or three of the Wednesday nights because I've got this going on or I'm out of town or I got a work obligation or whatever. These will be available online so that you can go through them and we'll talk about what that process will look like on Wednesday. And then third, if you're just a part of our Calvary family, and maybe you went through the membership process a couple of years ago, maybe you went through the membership process a couple of decades ago, it would still be a good thing for you to come out. We're gonna talk about where we believe God is taking us as a church. It's good to be reminded, especially in a time when so many things are changing around us, to be reminded of what we believe and how we live as followers of Jesus Christ. And so, I, if you notice, in those three things, I think everyone should come out and uh, would love to have you with us. We're gonna talk some about where we believe God is leading us as a church and some of that becomes real important because of something that happened the last week of December. Because of God's favor and faithfulness and your generosity, the last week of December, our business administrator called the bank and said, why don't you transfer that money and eliminated our mortgage and the church is debt free. And we praise God for that. So thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Uh, we'll we'll kind of talk more in detail about how that happened, about what you gave the 22nd of January. We're gonna kind of celebrate that together as we are uh, working through uh, this season of time. And so you wanna be with us that Sunday morning, but so excited because I don't think God allowed us to get to that spot just to say, we're debt free. I think we stand on the threshold of unprecedented opportunity 
and we wanna see the things that God has ahead for us in the next chapter as a church. So Wednesday nights are gonna be fun, they're gonna be important, I hope you'll come out and you'll join us. Well, we're starting kind of a new series today as we go through Matthew chapter six. We're calling this one Living on a Prayer, and uh, we're gonna be talking for the next few weeks about the importance, the value of prayer. In fact, we're gonna be looking at the Lord's Prayer, the model that Jesus gives to us. So I'd love it if we'd, we'd say that, if we'd read that, if we'd pray that together. So would you stand with me? And we're gonna look at Matthew chapter six. Start with verse nine. Um, if you're at home, we won't know if you're standing or not, but you probably should. We're gonna read this together. Matthew chapter six, verse nine. Let's, let's pray this, say this together. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus, we thank you that you've given to us a model, a pattern for how we can communicate with you. And Lord, as we talk about and look at and consider prayer, Lord, through these weeks, would you help us to know you better in ways that'll change our lives forever. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. If you were with us last week on New Year's Day, we issued kind of a challenge that you would every day in the month of January, not just say this scripture, but that you would pray this scripture, that you would pray the Lord's Prayer. And we used a little model. If you were, were here last week, can you help me out with this? And uh, we used kind of this fun little model to break the prayer up, help us remember that when we pray, we start and we look, and then we look, and then we look, and then we look. That was good. And if some of you are sitting there and going, I have, I have no idea what just happened in this preschool classroom. That's what some of you are thinking. Don't worry, we'll go over it again next week. But today... Before we get to the Lord's Prayer, I wanna look at the passage of scripture that Jesus teaches us before he gets to the Lord's Prayer. Before he gives us a model of how we should pray, he kinda gives us an introduction to prayer to help us to understand it a little bit more. Here, here's what he says, Matthew chapter six, verse five. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And Jesus gives a little context. He gives an introduction and he says, look, before I teach you a, a model or a pattern for prayer, I, I wanna talk to you about why we pray, kind of how we pray. It, what he gives us here is today what we're gonna call some tips for prayer. So today we're gonna look at some, some ideas, some thoughts, some helpful things, what we'll call them tips for prayer that we're gonna look at. And some of you are gonna go, I know this already. Like, like I'm a prayer warrior. You, you've got a badge you wear that says prayer warrior. That's awesome. I think you'll be encouraged by the things that we're gonna talk about today. For some of you, you might go, look, I, I'd, I'd like to pray. I just don't know how. 
I've never really been taught. I really don't know how to communicate with God. Then my prayer is that today will be really helpful. And I'm gonna guess that for a lot of us, we like to think that we pray, but our prayers might not be as effective as we wish they were. We might not be as consistent. Our prayers might not be as meaningful as what we would like. And my hope that is, is today will kind of kickstart something for us, especially here at the beginning of the year, in our communication with God. So what we wanna look at today are some tips for prayer. We're gonna pull them right out of the passage that we just looked at. So let's go back to verse five, Matthew chapter six, verse five. Jesus says, and when you pray, let's just stop right there. Did you see what he said? He said, and when you pray, did you notice he did not say, and if you pray? <laughs> he says, and when, that's verse five. Verse six begins with, but when you pray. Verse seven begins, and when you pray. Jesus never says, if you pray, he expects that you will. Now, this whole passage of scripture, Matthew uh, chapter six, verse one, and then on through the first half of the chapter, he's talking about some typical practices of Jewish piety. He talks about generosity, he talks about prayer, he talks about fasting. We'll work our way through those things, but they weren't just for the first century Jew. They're for us as well. And Jesus says, these are things that I anticipate. These are things I'm telling you. These are things that you should have as a part of your life. And one of these things is prayer. So the first little helpful tip that we're gonna get from Jesus here today, ideas, thoughts to help us with prayer. The first one, tip number one, is the word time. And it's that we make time for prayer. So we're gonna, we're gonna look at four tips here today. And did you see the TIP? Did you see that? Did you see what we did there? Gotcha. Okay, so we're, we're gonna look at this. The first one is this, that you make time for prayer. Because Jesus didn't say if you pray, he said when you pray, which means he expects that we'll pray. And I'll just be honest with you, if I don't have a time when I'm going to pray, chances are I won't. <laughs> Anybody else? Like if I've not determined, yes, I, I'm gonna find a time to pray, then odds are I might not. And let me just be super honest with you. One of the reasons why I'm really excited about these next few weeks as we kind of take a deep dive into the Lord's Prayer is because I want to pray better. Like, I, I just honestly, I, I just look at my life and I go, I know that God desires for me. I know that I need to be, I want to be more prayerful. I wanna pray more effectively. I wanna have a deeper level of communication with God. And I don't want that just for myself. I want that for our church corporately. And I want that for you individually, that we're gonna have this deeper level of communication with God. But to do that, it won't just accidentally happen. Somewhere there has to be some intentionality so my first encouragement to you is that you will make some time to pray. And some of you go, cool, I'm a, I'm a morning person. Can I pray then? Well, look at what Jesus did. Mark chapter one, verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, made some coffee, left the house, and went off to a solitary place, I thought that would help some of you, where he prayed. So if you're a morning person and you wanna pray then, you're in good company. Jesus prayed early in the morning. And some of you go, I'm not a morning person. I'm a night owl. And I hate morning people. Anybody? <laughs> so can I pray at night? Well, watch what Jesus did. Luke chapter six, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. So Jesus is cool with you praying at night too. 
In fact, Paul says this, and we'll hit this as we go through this. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 17. Paul simply says, pray continually. Not that you're constantly on your knees, but that you're constantly in some form of communication with God. So how do we make a time? How do we set a time to pray? Let me give you just a, a few thoughts. And there's, we could go a lot of ways on this, but here's, here's one. If you're gonna make time for prayer, you might have to set an appointment like, like literally, you might have to determine this is when I'll pray. I'm kind of in a habit that before I go to bed at night, I kind of review my day and I'll jot down, hey, this is, this is the time that I expect to, that I hope to be able to spend some time with God. For you, you might literally have to mark it out in your calendar. Like if you, if you, if you have an app on your phone or maybe you keep a, a, a day timer of some kind, a planner, where you're keeping track of those things that you literally have to physically mark it out in some way and say, this is the time I will spend with God. If, if you were gonna have an appointment with a friend, if you were gonna go on a date, if you were gonna go out with your spouse, or let's say you and I were gonna grab a cup of coffee, you probably would put it down somewhere and then you would do your very best to keep that appointment, to, to maintain that time out of your respect for that other person. Don't you think our heavenly father deserves the same respect? That I would set an appointment and go, God, tomorrow I plan to meet with you at this time. Maybe for you it's 6 a.m. at the dining room table. It helps if you say where too, that's a, that's a good thing. Because if I say, hey man, let's, 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 let's catch lunch and then we never talk about where, it's, odds are we won't see each other, right? <laughs> So we're gonna say, hey, six o'clock at the dining room table, nine o'clock in the living room. Maybe for you, it's 10.30 at night just before bed. But whatever it might be, set an appointment, and then let me encourage you with this when you make a time, make sure you eliminate distractions. Because have you noticed that distractions come whenever you try to do anything? Anybody? <laughs> like, they're just a part of life. And the reality is, it seems like that it's not until I sit down and try to have some time with God that I remember the thing I forgot that I was trying to remember, right? It seems like that's when it comes. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I should have done. Oh, I, was, I meant to. And so find some way that when those distractions come, they're gonna come, that you can find some way to, to put them like in a parking lot or you, you can put them somewhere where you know you can come back with them, but you can deal with them in the moment so they don't have to distract you anymore. Right? I've got a little app on my phone that lets me just kind of real quick send myself an email. So I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm gonna spend some time with the Lord and all of a sudden it hits me. Oh yeah, I forgot that I told so-and-so that I was gonna do this or that. Man, I'll just do, 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 boom, there we go. And then I remember to come back to it later and it's not a distraction anymore. Those things will come. Maybe, maybe you're a notes person. You're gonna make a note on your phone. Maybe, maybe you've got a post-it note. Maybe you've got a piece of paper and you're gonna write those things down. But somehow make sure that you're doing something to eliminate the distractions when those things come. And I'll tell you this, this is key too. If you have any places that are challenges in your life or conflict in your life, the time you're going to be most prone to think about it is when you should be talking with God. And instead we fixate on the challenges or the conflict instead of actually taking it to him. And so that's a key thing. The other thing let me encourage you with, if you're a, if you're a digital notes person, you're gonna put it in your phone or you've got your tablet, you're gonna put it in your tablet. Once you set that note, I'm almost 99% sure that the spirit is not leading you to look at Instagram. Can I get an amen? Because <laughs> once you go, oh, I wonder what so-and-so posted. I wonder what the score was last night. Or I haven't checked the news yet. 
Once you do that, 20 minutes is gone. Anybody else? And so there's an element of discipline to say, in these moments, I'm gonna eliminate the distraction, and this time belongs to the Lord. And we often have this idea that if we're gonna spend time with God, then, then somehow for it to be worthwhile, it must be painful. Or like it's gotta be a sacrifice. Or if I'm truly going to spend time with the Lord, I should not enjoy it. You ever had that idea? Like there's that religious idea. Here, let me encourage you. If you're gonna, if you're gonna make time for prayer, make it rewarding. Like attach to that time with God something that is of value in your life in some way. If, if one of the first things you do to worship in the morning is make a cup of coffee, anybody? <laughs> then have that coffee with God. I, I know somebody that when they spend time with the Lord, one of the things that they do is they light a candle. Not because it's sacramental for them, not because it's religious, they light the candle because they like the smell of it. And they only light that candle when they're gonna spend time with the Lord. Because there's something positive and rewarding about how important that time is. Does that make sense? So this is, this is key. And you say, Chad, why, why stress this? Because this is such a healthy thing for us. So we talk about this. You make time for prayer. Set an appointment, eliminate distractions, make it rewarding. And some of you are sitting there and you're saying, I love that. I want to do that. But I don't think I'll be able to do it until I live in a cave by myself. Anybody else? Right, because, and let me just hone in on kind of one group. If you still have children at home, it's hard to do that. I can remember when our kids were little and were at home, the, the, the only time they'd want anything from me was once I opened my Bible. They didn't even know I was there. But as soon as I opened my Bible, that's when chaos ensued. Anybody else? Like it's just, it's just, there's this thing. And let's just be real about it. That's the, that's the world that we live in. That's the life that we live in. So I wanna encourage you with something to make sure you do in your marriages, mom and dad, and you do in the same relationship with God. That you hold as a priority that time together and then be flexible to know that there will be a lot of things coming that will distract you from it. And you won't always be successful. You won't always be as effective as you want to. But if you do not place a priority on that relationship with your spouse, and if you do not place a priority on your relationship with God, if you ignore those things now, you're gonna come to regret it later. Anybody? And so I know it won't be perfect, and you might not always be able to have everything you would in an ideal world, but don't let that keep you from trying to find that time, even if you just snatch a few moments where God can speak to you by his Holy Spirit. And here's, here's just a little tip. Do your best to fill your world with an environment of worship. And, and you might go, well, I don't have time to sit down and sing 12 songs to the Lord. All right, well then play those 12 songs in the background while you do your life. Because not only will that create an environment that is spiritually meaningful for your family, but it will help to turn your attention to the Lord even in those times when there's chaos all around. Does that make sense? And look, I would encourage you, always be on the lookout for how God might want to speak to you if you will allow for an environment of worship to be around you. Does anybody remember Veggie Tales? I don't know if they're as popular as they were when our kids were little, but, but our kids grew up Watch it. If you don't know Veggie Tales, God speaks through tomatoes and cucumbers, and we'll just leave it at that, right? 
animated series, you got Bob the Tomato, Larry the Cucumber, great theologians. And I can remember when our kids were little, putting on VeggieTales one day, simply because I did not want to be around them. Can I get an amen? <laughs> right? And it was kind of a tough season. And I remember they're watching VeggieTales and I just kind of happen to be doing my thing and it gets my attention. And through a story about Joseph in the Old Testament, being told by a talking tomato, I had a moment with God. Like God's, I've heard God in church and I've heard God in a prayer closet but there's been few times I've heard him as clearly as he talked to me through that cucumber, amen? (laughs) And if you will allow yourself somehow to be in an environment where there's worship around you, even in the chaos of the season of life you're in, God can still empower you and strengthen you and speak to you if you'll be deliberate to make time for prayer. Why stress this? Because things happen when I pray that do not happen when I do not pray. And I've seen this in my life. If I wanna see God work in ways, if I wanna see God do things, there are things that happen when I pray that just do not happen when I do not pray. Which, so our first tip is that you make some, letter T, time. Let's, let's go back to the next one. Matthew chapter six, back to verse five again. Jesus says, and when you pray, not if, but and when you pray, Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And the second tip here kind of comes from this idea that what Jesus is encouraging here is not religion. He's not being legalistic. He's talking about this like it's a relationship. Like it's a desire to spend time together. Like there's a connection that happens between you and God. And if the first tip is time, the second one, the letter I is this, that you develop intimacy with God. The letter I is intimacy, that you develop intimacy with God. And that word is, is an interesting one because we have a tendency to think of that in a, in a certain context in relationships with physical connotations. But this is the idea from God that he desires a closeness, he desires a relationship, he desires this, this, this one-on-one that is an intimacy that happens between you and him. So in the context of talking about this, he gives us a contrast. First, he talks about the hypocrites. So let's ask, what do the hypocrites do? Like, what is it that that Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites? Two things I think we can point out. One is that they're motivated by the affirmation of others. The reason hypocrites do what they do is because of what they want others to think about them. He says, they love to pray, but why? Finish the sentence. They love to pray in the synagogues and they love to pray on the street corners to be seen by others. So they don't love to pray, they love to be seen. They love to do what they do so that others will think something of them. And we have to ask that about our own spiritual lives, our own spiritual practice. He says they love to pray in the synagogues. Well, that's like being in church. And he says they love to pray on the street corners 
We don't necessarily have those same public activities. We don't pray on the street corners. We just post things online. Social media is the street corner of today. And there's nothing wrong with praying in church. In fact, there's a pattern of this in scripture. You see public prayer in the Old Testament. You see public prayer in the New Testament. The church is encouraged to pray when they come together. Jesus prays publicly. And the problem is not posting things faith-related on, on Facebook or Instagram. That's not the issue. The issue is when you do it so that others will think something of you, that's, that's when it kind of loses its oomph. Jesus says that hypocrites are motivated by the affirmation of others, and he also says they get what they're looking for. Because if what they're looking for is the reward from other people, the praise from other people to be seen by other people, then once other people see it, he says, then you have your reward in full. What he's saying is don't, don't expect your prayers to have power if the reason you're praying is to impress others. He says this in Matthew 6, verse 1, he says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So he says, when you pray, keep this in mind, that you pray to God and not for man. You're not, you're not praying for other people. Now, I think you should pray for other people. Pray with other people. But remember that in those moments, and especially when you practice your own spiritual life, you're doing that for God, not for what anyone else thinks. So if that's what the hypocrites do, we have to ask the question, what should you do? What should I do? How should we pray? Jesus says a couple of things. He tells us that we should get alone with God. How do you read that in Matthew 6? He says, go into your room, which is an interesting thing for him to say. Because in a home in Israel in the first century, people didn't have their own rooms. Like they didn't have houses that were thousands of square feet like you might have today. Not, not all these individual bedrooms when he talks about going to your room, he's actually talking about the, the kind of the idea there is the room in most homes that would be used to store things, almost, almost like a closet in some ways, but it was a room where they would store things. And oftentimes one of the things that would be kept in that room would be their treasures, the things that had real value. And I don't wanna stretch this too far, but when you get alone with Jesus, you come into a place where he can share with you his treasures. You should go in expecting that when you get alone with him, something valuable will happen. And, and he says, when you come to me, you go into the room, it's just you and me, you close the door because that relationship in that moment is not about anyone else but you and God. And you focus on that time together and I know we've already talked about it. Like that's, that's nice to say, but sometimes the best praying time I have is in the car. Anybody else? <laughs> sometimes the best time I have an opportunity to communicate with God may be when there's busyness all around me. But even just for those few moments, I can spiritually, mentally go into a place and close the door and say, God, right now, I, I need to communicate with you. That's the next part of this. What should you do? You communicate with God because you know he's there. There's an expression of faith in that. And then with that, that communication, you know that there is reward in relationship. He says that when you come to that place 
of secrecy, that place just between you and God, that's when God can bless your prayers. In those times when you know you are communicating with him, just you and God, and there is reward in that relationship. I need to view my prayers in that way. That every time I pray, every time I seek him, I'm literally investing in, I'm building in that relationship. Because isn't that the same thing that happens with people? Like the more time you spend together, there's an intimacy that grows. There's a relationship that happens. When you go through things with someone else, there are things that happen that connect you to one another that don't happen in any other way. And those are things you can come back and you can draw on. And when you develop that intimacy with God in just the everyday times, it makes it a wonderful thing for you to come back to in the difficult times. That you know that even in those moments when you don't have time to go into the room and close the door, that you already have a relationship with God where you can connect with him. Who, who's your default texter? Do you have one? I think, I think most of us probably do, that when something happens, there's somebody that comes to our mind and we go, oh, I need to tell them about this. It's your best friend, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's if you're in a relationship or, or, or your spouse. I had this happen just this morning, Sundays, I get up early, I get up earlier than anybody else in the house and everybody else is still sleeping and I got up this morning super early and something really funny happened and I said to myself, I need to text Rhonda and as I went to, I looked at the time and I said, no, I want to keep a relationship. <laughs> Now's not the time to send that text. But who's, who's, that, who's that person that comes to mind? That you have that default texter and Jesus says, I wanna have that intimacy with you I wanna have that relationship that when life throws a surprise your way or something difficult comes or you're thankful in a moment for something that happens, your immediate response is to say, God, I wanna communicate with you about this. God, I wanna thank you for this. God, I need your help with that. And the purity of that happens when you've developed that intimate, that closeness, that relationship with him. I share this with you because I don't want you to find yourself in the middle of a challenge in life and not know who to go to or not feel like you have a relationship with God that will sustain you in that moment. So just a, a couple of tips that Jesus has given to us. The first one has to do with time, that we make time. The second one has to do with intimacy, that we take steps to develop that. Here, here's the third one, Matthew chapter six, verse seven. Jesus says this to us next. He says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. And Jesus says, look, sometimes people think they have to get themselves all worked up. That's a cultural thing. You, you see that in a lot of um, kind of non-biblical, non-Christian religions. But you also see it even within Christianity. Sometimes we think if my prayer is loud enough, if my prayer is long enough, or if, my, if I spit enough while I pray, then God's more likely to hear me. Jesus says, actually, I'm more interested in quality than quantity. I wanna know that you and I communicate so you don't have to put on a show, you, you don't have to just run your mouth, you don't have to babble. You, this isn't a spell or an incantation. You can't manipulate me by what you say. I, I just wanna have a conversation. And after Jesus says this, this is really interesting, he says, look, do not babble. Then he says, this then is how you should pray. 
our Father who art in heaven. He says, look, don't babble, so let me give you a plan. Let me give you a model. Let me give you a structure so that you will know how to meaningfully communicate with me. So this would be the third tip that I would give to you. We talked about time, we talked about intimacy. Here's the letter P, this next one, is that you have a plan. That you have a plan for prayer. That you know that when you set that appointment, six in the morning, 10.30 at night, whatever it might be, that you have a plan for how you're going to come to God. Because what I've found is if I don't have a plan, I kind of wander aimlessly. And I'm not effective in those moments. So what kind of plan are we talking about? Well, one of those things is you should have a plan for scripture. How you're gonna come and approach God from his word. And I would encourage you, if if you wanna talk to God, if you wanna hear from God, one of the very best places to start is to let him first speak to you through his word. It becomes an encouragement. It becomes a a filter, if you will, for our emotions, for our thoughts. When you don't know how to pray, you can pray his word and and take his words back to him as you ask of him and seek him. So you start with scripture. And, And some people go, oh, I have a plan, Chad. What I do every morning is I say, God, thank you for your word. And then I do one of these and I go, there it is. And I just find the verse for the day. That's not a good plan. That's just like, like biblical roulette. And I would encourage you, don't play that. Look, sometimes God will speak to you randomly, but what's healthy is to say, I have a plan for how I'm gonna read through his word. I have a plan for how I'm gonna read scripture. And whether you're trying to read through the Bible in a year or you're just trying to get through the book of Jude before 2024, like have some kind of plan for how you're going to do that and how you're going to work through that. You say, Chad, how do I do that? If you go out to the Bible app or bible.com, there are literally hundreds of reading plans to help you to do that. Have a plan for scripture and then have a plan for prayer. That when I sit down, I'm not just gonna ramble. I'm not just gonna think about what's for breakfast. I know how I'm gonna talk to God. That's why last week we kind of simplified the Lord's Prayer a little bit. The look up, look down, look in, look out. Even this week, that's helped me to have a direction as I've talked with God. And you, you might have some other tools that you use. I, I keep on my desk right in front of me a picture that we took, a big group picture of all of our immediate family because it helps me to remember to pray for them and pray for them and pray for them and pray for them. And, and one of the powerful things about that is, you know where I learned that? I learned that from my aunt and uncle who are both now in heaven and yet I know I still live in the blessings that they prayed for me because they looked at my picture and prayed for me every day. And some of you are list people and you need to write down so that you can kind of remember, I need to pray for this, I need to remember to pray for that and take those things to God. So some of you are journal people where you, you write you know, kind of where you're at. You track both on, on prayers that you're praying and prayers that God have answered. Whatever it is that works for you, find a way to pray those things. And, and you, you might start with something that seems simple. You might not know exactly what to do, but find a way to have a plan so that as you go into your day, you have set a time, you're, you're seeking God to have more intimacy in that relationship with him, You then have a plan for what you're gonna do. And let's get to the last one real quick here. Matthew chapter six, verse eight. Do not be like them, the pagans that babble, for your father knows what you need before you ask. You see what he says here? 
He says, look, you, you don't have to try to use fancy language. You don't have to try to impress God with what you say because even before you ask him, he already knows what you need. So when you pray, last one, letter S, keep it simple. Keep your prayer simple. Don't try to impress him. Just have a relationship of communication with him. And I don't know about you, but I just wanna know that I, that I really pray, that I have communication with God that is gonna change my heart and it's gonna change the day and that it's gonna have an impact on my family. Somebody said to me, well look, Chad, if God already knows what we need, then why do we pray? If he's already got it figured out, then why do I have to talk to him about it? Have you ever found that sometimes prayer is not about changing God, it's more about changing you? <laughs> it's about putting yourself in line with his will. It's about hearing from his spirit. It's sometimes about coming to terms with the things that God is asking of you and looking at what's going on inside of you, that you seek him. Prayer is not so much about changing God as it is about changing us. It's something good to know. Smith Wigglesworth said, God is more eager to answer than we are to ask. He's ready, he's waiting. He wants to hear from you. And he already knows what you need. You ever been going through a difficult time, maybe a challenge or a heartbreak, and you talk to somebody, friend, family member, maybe a counselor, maybe somebody that you're just kind of sharing your personal challenges with, and you get done talking to them, not in a snarky way, not in a sarcastic way, in a very like kind of empathetic and meaningful way, they just look at you and they go, I know. You say, I'm having a really hard time. And they go, I know. And they connect with you in that moment. It's comforting to know that somebody else knows what you're going through one of the main reasons we pray is to bring those challenges to a God who knows you. And sometimes the Holy Spirit just comes alongside of you and says, I know. I know marriage is tough right now. I know you got questions about your kids. I know the finances are an issue. I know you can't stand your job. I know I feel far from you. I know. And when you come to God with that kind of simplicity, you can know not only that he hears your prayer, but he knew it before you even said it. Over and over again in the Psalms, we read how the psalmist just kind of pours out their heart to God. Because God knows, and he wants to hear those things. So set a time to be intimate with God. Make a plan for that time. And as you approach him with faith and with simplicity, knowing that he already knows, that's when God can do powerful things. I don't say all this just because we need to say it. Look, look what James says, James chapter five, verse 17. He says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. And this is what it tells us that when Elijah prayed, things happened. 
The truth is, things happen when we pray that do not happen when we do not pray. And I want you to pray. And if you wanna see an example of it, did anybody watch Monday Night Football? When DeMar Hamlin was in that crisis moment, it seemed like the whole nation began to pray. And you know what we've seen since then? God answers prayer. And I want you to pray. I want you to know God in a powerful way. I want you to see those things. Look, we sang that song, and we're gonna sing it again here in just a moment, about speaking the name of Jesus, not because it's a powerful song, because when you pray for your family, things happen that do not happen when you do not pray for your family. And when you pray about your finances, and when you pray about your health, and when you pray, God does things. He changes things. And here's my concern for far too many of us. That if I asked you if you prayed, you'd say, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a person of prayer. But your prayer consists of, dear God, do something about this traffic. You bless your lunch, and then you say, Lord, help me to go to sleep at night as you close your eyes. You trust him, you come to him in crisis moments, but you're missing out on real life. You're missing out on the spiritual dynamic that if you would develop that intimate relationship with God, you would see him do things in the life of your family. You would see him do things in your life in every way that you do not see if you do not pray. And too many of us are living in this kind of spiritual game and missing out on the places where God wants us to be truly involved. We just, we just wrapped up the World Cup some of you were, were kind of back in December, you were, you were watching that, the world turned to the, to the football, we would call it the soccer world cup, nations from around the globe, and, and some of you were kind of engaged in that, and people from all over the world are, are watching this, are tuning into this, and so one of the things that was happening is people would go, well, I wanna watch this game where this team plays that team, and they would go to YouTube, and they would search for it, and they would find it, and they would watch it, and there were these streams coming out of Vietnam where you could watch the games and they would have Vietnamese commentary where people would be kind of calling the games as they happen. The tricky part though is what people were watching was not the real games. They were watching someone with those two teams play the FIFA game on, on a computer and then they were broadcasting it on YouTube. So people thought they were watching the real game when they were actually watching someone in their basement playing a video game. Can you imagine that feeling <laughs> where you were so invested in something that wasn't even real? And some of us are so content with our lives where we simply just pray for traffic and lunch and we miss out on real life. We miss out on prayers that make a difference. James says this, James chapter five, verse 16, that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and it's effective. And so this week, I hope you'll pray. This week, I hope your relationship with God will take on a whole different dynamic. And here's just some tips that you'll make some time to be intimate with God. And as you come into that with a plan and simplicity, that he will meet you in that place. You'll see things happen that you haven't seen happen because the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Would you stand with me today? And I know that, that this is just a song in this moment. You're not in your room, you haven't closed the door. 
But if there is something that you need to bring to the Lord where you need to see him work, even as we sing this song, would you speak the name of Jesus? Father, we thank you that in the name of Jesus, there is power and there is life. And Lord, we pray that the words of this song are gonna echo through our minds and our hearts that we will be different because we have had communication with you in Jesus' name. Amen. And I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Because his name is power. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name that the, the words to that song are going to kind of just ring through your head throughout this week that you will pray that you'll be speaking the name of Jesus I have a friend that said to me not too long ago he said do you know why I like to go to bed at night he says I love to go to bed at night because in the morning when I get up I can have coffee 
He says, I love coffee. He says, the last thing I think about before I go to bed at night is I'm going to sleep. When I wake up, I can have coffee. My hope is that this week, you'll spend some time with Jesus, that the last thing you think about before you go to bed at night is I can't wait to wake up and spend time with Jesus again. And you might say, well, that's corny, Chad. Don't knock it till you try it. Because he can change your life. God bless you. Go in his special favor and his wonderful peace. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next Sunday.